What's up, team? Welcome back to the show. Um, we have another Q&A this week with Coach Andrea and Jody. Welcome back, guys. Thanks. Hi, Jeremiah. All right. Um, since the last week, since we're busting that weekly and there's not a lot to report, any updates as far as training, nutrition, either of you wanted to dig into? I'll go ahead and start. I mean, there's really not much new going on with me. I had a great conversation with Andrea this week as far as nutrition. I'm pretty much, you know, on maintenance calories and maybe others can relate to this. Sometimes I find it's harder to to eat in your maintenance calories because you try to get more flexible. And especially it being summer and we have a lot of events and we have family in town. So it's just sort of fine tuning that, you know, eating more whole foods, I feel better anyhow. So that's just sort of my goal. The next, the next few weeks is, you know, less processed food and stop trying to fit things in because I have the room. So just an interesting kind of perspective on my end. Oh yeah. I feel like that's why I talked to so many people about this on the initial call where <laughs> that's a big part of why I almost always have a coach is because I just enjoy the alcohol, tacos, churros <laughs> as much as everybody else, right? And it's so, I, it's so hard. It's so much easier, like when you're not in that like, dialed in mindset to just get too flexible and again, just like working things because you can. And then it's so much easier, like, hey, you're missing out on like nutrients, you need, you're not performing as well, you're not recovering as well, it's completely feels good, you're not able to track as accurately. And it does, no, there's a time and place for that. I don't want to say that's like wrong. But again, like, like for you, I know you have big goals right now. And that, like, that is going to be an important part of it. Um, are you guys planning to, or are you planning to get into a surplus or just focusing on building the maintenance? I don't know. Well, I'm not handling your, your nutrition. That's just kind of why I wanted to get a feel for what was going on on that end of things. So, um, I mean, if you wanted to really make sure that you're maximizing every potential for building muscle, then getting into a spike surplus is a good idea. Um, but it's, I wouldn't say that it's a hundred percent necessary, especially if you, uh, kind of enjoy the lean leanness that you're at right now and are okay with it taking quite a bit longer than staying like on the upper end of the maintenance range is fine too. Jeremiah, you're smiling. Do you agree or disagree? I I mean I agree. It's all I just I know I know Joey, so I feel like I know. I you know what the is gonna be <laughs> I I there's nothing wrong with like enjoying staying here. I think sometimes people YouTube to like, okay, this thing's done, I need to push to the next thing. Like for me, I really hate not like always having a goal. So I think it's hard for me to just like, okay, cool, I'm literally just gonna sit right here. I think you're kind of similar to that. It's also hard to know that I'm not like maximizing it. And we do know like you will, if we're in a slight surplus, you will see better results quicker if you manage it well. Um, we know like greater muscle growth and synthesis will be elevated versus what it's at baseline, and especially with as much muscle as you already have. Like, I think that you're probably past the point where you're going to see crazy gains at maintenance, but it's, it's all about what you want. Like, there's not a right or wrong answer there. Yeah, and I'm really 
I'm really super comfortable in going to a surplus. It's summertime right now. You know, I like to feel good in a, in a bikini. I think we all do. So, you know, for now I'll stay at maintenance, but my plan was to build. We might've talked about this on a previous podcast, but doing a build for about four months, which is a very short time. Um, it gave me the confidence to be able to do it. And so I'm really excited to go ahead and go on a surplus and a build this late summer, um, early fall and, you know, stay in there for a pretty long time to maximize gains. And like you said, for me, it's always having a goal. And, you know, I've learned that I can, I can lean out and I know how to do it and I have confidence in that. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's going to happen. So. Yeah. It's my goal. Awesome. My goal is booty gains. I have a lot of clients that are in a similar boat. They're like, hey, you're going to shut your fat loss phase in May or June. And it's like, I just want to enjoy this. I just want to stay lean. And we're kind of like, quote, quote, right? Where we know you have more food than you get in the surplus. You're going to be able to train harder than you get proper battery. Plus, you're going to be able to build more than you could, in, or more food than when you're invested. So you're going to be able to build more than when you're invested for sure. Right. And it's not, it's not up to us as coaches, but she's like, hey, here's the path you should go. That's, that's, perfectly fine right that's i thought but you are then planning on entering a little bit longer building phase it sounds like going forward then four months correct yeah 100 percent. i think with that it's like a the more you do this the better you get at the scale of dieting and you can like trust yourself but like oh yeah i can easily get as lean as i was at any point that i choose to diet then i think the idea of entering the building phase is so much easier than it is when it's like, okay, I just like got done with like this first, like my first successful fat loss phase. And then it's like such a scary thing to think about like going back to where you were before and like, what if I have to go through all that again? But again, like, and this is like, you see this so much with clients that you've been working with for multiple years, where by that point, you probably have gone through multiple fat loss phases. And then every time it just gets so much easier because there's like so much that you learn, so much you pick up about like, how to just make it easier for yourself, how to create more routine in your days, how to track accurately, how to get like more sapality out of your food. And like part of it is just like for someone that's brand new to this, it just does take like a few months of work together with a coach to actually pick up all these things and really pick up momentum. But then you like have all those lessons. So every future fat loss phase is considerably easier. So there's there's definitely some merit to that as well. And also again, just like actually entering a building phase that didn't seem like okay, I just didn't regress. I didn't like all of a sudden gain 30 pounds or anything like that. Like, I could easily get back to where I was previously. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I know we have a lot of questions today. Do you guys have anything you want to add as far as your training, your nutrition, anything that's changed since the last time we talked? Nothing's changed on my end. Yeah, so like I was telling you guys on our last call, um, on the last podcast, I was talking about how I was excited to be programming for myself. And then I literally spent 30 minutes trying to decide, writing my my program for the week. I tried to spend literally 30 minutes trying to decide, like, okay, which division of the last should I buy with this specific movement? And then I was like pulling up all my progress pictures from the last few years, like, okay, which part of my last is growth more? And I was just like, it's so... <laughs> It's so hard for me to be objective with myself. I was just like, I don't, I don't have the time nor the mental capacity to do this every week. So um, I'm actually going to be working with Brandon DeCruz, who all the listeners of the podcast are very familiar with. We just I just got my nutrition protocols last night and I have a stream over my training program by the weekend, I believe. So 
I'm excited to get that started. It's going to be a little bit different approach than anything I've done in the past. I definitely like created my own like quote unquote flexible dieting meal plans that we talk about plants a lot, but I've never actually like followed a meal plan that someone else created for me. So that'll be very interesting. I'm I'm kind of I'm excited about it as well though too. There's like such a beauty I feel like to the simplicity of just like all right, these are my training days. These are my off days. I just like have my entire day mapped out. Like, okay, here's what I take these supplements. It's, I feel like there's like a beauty to the simplicity of all of that. So I'm excited for that. Um, we're just wrapping up my fat loss phase for Holly, which is in like five and a half weeks now. Um, definitely am relatively low calorie right now as we're pushing to lose pretty quickly. And I was previous to starting the brand. It's like recommendations were pretty in alignment with what I've been doing for the last like, couple of weeks here so um i'm excited to finish that up but yeah that'll be super cool and as always i'm you know i've learned a ton for brain so far so i'm excited to continue that as well that's that's awesome and i love you know the fact that we talk about all the time coaches need coaches and also i just think the accountability like you stated and sometimes it is just easier to have someone do it for you i mean we're all busy and i think just having things set up for you um just takes another thing off your plate yeah honestly the having like that objective i feel like with my training it's very hard for me to be objective and like this is like when i'm looking at a client's program i can easily say like okay these are the areas that are weaknesses this is what we're focusing on you could like change things to focus on this other division of the lab for example but that wouldn't be adding your pages right now but for me like when it's you coaching yourself it's so easy to like oh man like I should really focus on this a little bit more. And then that changes the next week. And then that changes again the next week. And then you just like haven't made any progress. So yeah, absolutely. Um I and I'm excited more than anything as well. And I'm excited to continue to become a better coach and like take what I learned and apply to our clients as well. So really great experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean Brandon's awesome and you're gonna look on fire when you're in Bali. So a lot of lot of <laughs> Ahead. We'll see. Got to be more shredded than Tristan, at least. Um, <laughs> and we're, but neither of us are probably going to be shredded as social. We'll be there. But anyways, let's get into these questions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first question we have is: uh, It seems when people calorie cycle, it's more on training days. I'm hungry, hungrier on rest days. What's that about? I'll let you take that one, Andrea. Okay, so. I assume here that she's saying, what's it about that I'm hungry on rest days? Um, but I'll kind of talk about both sides of this question. So the reason that a lot of people will have higher calorie days on training days whenever they're calorie cycling is because there are a lot of people where their hunger is higher on a training day. I'm definitely like that. Um, if, if I train then after like the rest of the day, my hunger is just kicked up a little bit. So I think that that calorie cycling is um, a lot to accommodate that. And then also, um, in theory, if you're having more carbohydrates and more calories, if you put them before and after your training, then that's going to go toward, uh, fueling the training session and then recovering and refilling glycogen stores after the training session, really over the course of the week, it doesn't it's kind of splitting hairs like if you have the same amount split up over the course of the week it's not going to be that much different versus having the higher calorie days on days that you train but 
Um, if it does give a slight edge or even like a placebo of I've got this extra fuel coming in, so I'm going to be able to push harder in training, then that's going to be helpful. Being hungrier on rest days could be that uh, she's recovering from her training sessions, uh, especially like if you're training at night, then that hunger being kicked up, uh, it might affect you more the next day. Um, it could also just be that you're not doing as much during the day like a lot a big part of some people's days outside of their work is going to the gym and so instead of coming home from work and going to the gym then that's like half of your the rest of your night well then you're just going home and maybe like have more free time to sit around you just realize your hunger a little bit more I think everybody who's dieted has had that experience where they have a really busy day and their hunger is kind of non-existent or like they have a day where it's more boring and they're laying around and they're just starving because there's nothing to think about outside of the hunger. So I think that that's a big part of it too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you made a good point with calorie cycling where it's not the end all be all, but if we're looking at, okay, how can we maximize the performance? How can we maximize the recovery? It would make more sense for us to pair these periods of where we have like a slightly increased intake with the days of the training, go a little bit lower on the rest days. Now, from there, it's kind of like a chicken and the egg thing. I feel like where it's like, are you just hungrier on your rest days because you're less on rest days? You know what I mean? Where it's like, is this always a thing? Even if like your calories are equated, is this a thing? Or is it literally just because you're calorie cycling? I, that, that might be kind of oversimplified. Um, Past that, I don't think I have too much to add. I mean, if we look at it logically, like you're probably not, unless you're also dramatically increasing your movement on your rest days, your training days, you probably are burning more calories on your training days. But I think like really just the, like there's more to fill your day and there's less time to focus on like, am I hungry or am I not hungry is probably one of the biggest factors there. Yeah, I have a follow-up question for that because I've done both. You know, I've had coaches in the past and working with the team here. Um, so I've done the calorie cycling, but I've just been consistent throughout the week as well. As a coach, how do you determine what to do to keep the calories consistent all week or to do the cycling? What's what's What determines that? I really based it on client. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think you're headed right in the same direction I was going to. I really based it on the client for, I would prefer to have higher, a higher intake, at least a higher carb intake on, and uh, Andrea might have a little bit more of like a functional nutrition spin on this. If not, I don't want to put pressure on you in that regard if you don't. But from like a, I'm mostly talking about like carbohydrate cycling here and like naturally calories will cycle with that as well. Um, I will really base it on the client. Like again, logically it makes the most sense. Like, Hey, if you have more fuel coming out of your training days and like that time period after your training is going to be the period where like us having more carbohydrate, more protein, not necessarily more protein, but more carbohydrates coming in, that'll enhance better recovery, better replenish like can store faster. Um, we can also like partition those nutrients a little bit better. It makes more sense from like a muscle growth if there it is a client that like despite being in a deficit can still like got a little bit more muscle growth and that would be more optimal for their ability to like continue to add muscle tissue in a deficit or at the very least like if they're performing better they're recovering better we know they're going to be able to retain more muscle mass as they get in there but again it's not the end all be all so i base it on the client 
like, do I think this is something? So if it's someone who is they're just dialed in on macros, they nail it. They never struggle with like you know training sessions. They're very good with their initiate timing going into their training sessions. Okay, now we're probably ready to take this to another level where we have these two different macro targets all across the week, right? And they're different for training days and rest days. Versus, and this is like something that we were talking about on our mentorship call with one of our mentorship clients on Friday, Andrea. Um, versus like if we have a client who is like let's say you're struggling to just take your macros on a consistent basis and we have one set or like in this case with a client with sort of hit calories and protein we don't want to add a whole nother layer of complexity to like here's this entire other thing that we want to do to like make it even more complex where like first and foremost we need to master calories and protein and then maybe overall carbohydrate or overall macros and then we can dig into nutrient timing and then maybe we dig into like these high and low days for example that's kind of how I approach it. Do you have any additional thoughts on that, Andrea? I approach it the same way. And it's like clients who are a little bit more experienced with macro tracking a lot of times are kind of like in their routine already and can handle a little bit of a shakeup in the uh, macros across the week. Whereas somebody who's newer to it, that's just like you said, a layer of complexity that isn't necessary. Uh, sometimes I'll even just ask, like if I'm unsure on how somebody is going to handle that, I'll just ask if that's something that they want to try and explain the benefits. And um, sometimes they'll say, no, I'd prefer to just have my go-to meals and not have to change those up day to day. Is that something that you've kind of changed your mind on over the last couple of years? Mm, I, I mean, I wasn't, I used to be very much like, Hey, it's just calories and protein and that's all that really matters. I would say like my approach has gotten a lot more nuanced. Um, I think I went through a phase where it was like this calories and protein, that's all that matters. You know, I wasn't like very focused on food quality or anything like nature. And then I like started learning all these things. And then it was like, Hey, maybe this is going to promote like better insulin sensitivity. Um, they're going to make better gains. So then everybody needs to do this. And then it was like, oh, wow, well, maybe this is actually hurting the client's adherence. So then I feel like like all things are kind of falling back in the middle. Yeah. Whereas just dependent on the client. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if I have anything else to add there. Yeah, we'll go ahead and hop on to the next question. Uh, so the next question was, if you have been in a calorie deficit for years, how slowly should you reverse diet? We got a lot of reverse dieting questions here. Um, this is kind of a nuance then. Where first, what I would look at is like differentiating between like actually being in a calorie deficit for years versus being in a calorie deficit mindset for years. Now, people don't love to hear this, but if you haven't like consistently been losing and getting leaner and leaner and leaner for years, which like for most people, if we'd actually been in the calorie deficit for years, we'd be like shriveled up and just skin and bones by this point. You may have not actually been in the calorie deficit, at least consistent. Now you may have been like, hey, I was in it for four days or I was up for five days, and then I was out of it for two days or out of it for three days, but then maybe that would yield yielded like a net maintenance across the week as far as your body composition or body fat levels go. Um so first and foremost is like differentiating i think between those two things is important typically like someone who has been like hey i've been dieting for years we're not necessarily talking about like that person has actually been in a calorie deficit every day for years and it's like you are just like two percent body fat or something of that nature but rather like 
hey, you've been in this mindset where you've been dieting for years. And again, it's like probably most of you are in a deficit. And then sometimes there are periods where like, man, I'm just so sick of dieting. Screw it. I'm going to eat a little bit more food. And sometimes that can kind of spiral. And then it like causes this, like, well, I always feel like I'm dieting in a large part of the week. I still am dieting. I'm still like seeing my body fat level maintain. Right. So I think first that's important to address. Now from there, then discussing like, I also think Andrew and I would probably have a little bit different take on this. Um, discussing like how quickly should you reverse diet? I would still probably like the thing with people frame it as at least like something I've seen a lot lately is people either think it's like, okay, we have this super slow traditional reverse diet, which is where we add like maybe 50 to hundred calories a week over 12 to 16 weeks until you get to maintenance, or it's like a recovery diet where you just like intentionally are trying to add back fat and adding in a bunch of calories back extremely quickly whereas really like the approach that i typically take is hey let's try to get our best estimate of what your maintenance is right away let's bump you to about 80 to 90 percent of that right so you might still be in a slight deficit but um we're trying to get very close to your maintenance we want to make sure we don't overshoot it and honestly especially for someone that's been like dieting for years and years we're really trying to just get you back to from my perspective, we're really trying to get you back to your maintenance as quickly as possible without overshooting that, right? So it might be, hey, week one, we're going to start to feel like 80% of your estimated maintenance. I know that you're like not feeling great about a six weeks of calories. It's kind of scary after coming out of the dieting mindset. So understand like you are still going to be invested here. Let's see how your body responds to this. And then from there, then we're just again looking at how their body is responding. And then it's like, hey, okay, if we still saw you like realistically in that scenario, we'll typically see the individual actually lose a little bit of weight or lose a few inches. And then from there, okay, cool. We have feedback. We can continue to increase. Um, so then that's where we're probably going to take from there. We're probably going to transition to a little bit more of a traditional reverse dieting approach where it might just be like, Hey, maybe we're adding 50 to hundred calories and looking at how your body responds, right? Where like really how I see reverse dieting is we're kind of trying to get the person back to what their new maintenance is as quickly as possible. And then the actual like, but we're not again we're not like recovery dieting where it's like hey we're going to intentionally try to get you to gain some fat back but then from there then understand like as you're eating more food you're going to be burning more calories through digestion because we burn calories in the digestive process the more food we're taking in the more we're burning there you're going to be doing more pacing bidding blinking because you have more calories coming in you're going to be able to train harder you're going to be able to push yourself a little bit harder, which again will lead to you burning more power. So all these things add up to your metabolism increasing. So maybe like as we added in more food, then this coming week due to all those changes, you're burning like an additional, let's say 100 calories per day is pretty useful. Okay, cool. So again, from the way we see body composition changing, weight is staying very stable, measurements are staying about the same, or maybe measurements even slightly decrease. Okay, cool. We should be able okay to add like another 50 to 100 calories here. So typically like... If someone started and it did seem that they were in a large asset, I would again take a relatively large jump up to close to their estimated maintenance. I would be a little bit below that just to begin to kind of play it safe. And then from there, I would take it a little bit slower until we reach the point where it seemed that we were kind of at the upper end of their maintenance. And like, okay, if we continue to push things, it's looking like we'll potentially see a little bit of body fat gain or a little bit of weight gain. And then we'll kind of cap it there. Do you have other thoughts on that, Andrea? Not really. I agree with that for almost everybody. Um, the one caveat that I would say, just because of my own experience, is if there are things internal that are off and like insulin sensitivity isn't where it should be, or um, 
your metabolism is downregulated because of thyroid stuff, then if you take that approach of like 80 to 90% of where your estimated maintenance is, your estimated maintenance is actually going to be higher than where you're actually at. So then you can overshoot things. But that's, I, I still think that for almost everybody, the approach that you talked through is definitely going to be the way to go. Um, but if you've been in this like super restricted overdoing the cardio or exercise thing for a long time, and it just, it, it, you can be like in this restrictive mindset, but still come out at, in a wash as far as calories go over the course of the week, which is where I think a lot of people end up after a few months, just cause you get kind of burned out. Um, then you can do, you can do some damage to your, not damage, that's not a good word, but like you can um, throw off some of your hormone levels to a point where you're not going to get a great response from the reverse without working on um, things like sleep and stress and maybe some supplementation to support you on the way back up. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of a tangent off to the side that's not, I don't think necessarily helpful for most people. No, that's a good caveat though. And that's like when I'm talking about 80 to 90% of estimated maintenance as well, the, uh, I think it's important for listeners to understand that doesn't necessarily mean a huge jump. I'm always basing, I'm not like plugging that into like an estimated maintenance calculator. Mm-hmm. I'm basing that on their rate of loss over the last one to two months, right? So like for someone, at least typically for someone who has like a lot of internal health issues, we expect, hey, you probably were losing very, very slowly, right? So realistically, yeah. like for a lot of clients, when I say like 80 to 90% of your estimated maintenance, that might mean like maybe we are just making like 100 to 200 calorie jump, right? Like it still might not be like this like 500 to 700 calories right out of the gate or anything like that. So that, that's an important caveat that you made there as well. Um, All right, so since this Q&A is going to we're going to go ahead and split this up into two parts. Part two will be releasing on Monday, whereas this one will be releasing on Friday. So for part two of this Q&A, we will catch you all on Monday.